There is hope for us yet We are young, we are wet I am Holly Whitaker And this is Home Podcast. Hey, girl. How are you doing? Hey, girl. Hey, girl. You sound like Ryan Gosling. I just... (laughs) Hey, girl. (laughs) Hi. How are you doing? How's your day been? Um, today's been good, you know? It's... We're right in the middle of summer. I, uh, yeah, I I have no complaints. It's, today was one of those easy days where, you know, things just kind of uh, flowed. It was nice. And now I am, it's a little late here in the, on the East Coast in Boston. I'm, I'm jealous of your time difference. Um, Hmm. Uh, and, but I'm excited to talk again and yeah, hang for, for a while. Awesome. And I'm excited because tonight I, I'm interviewing you and I, uh, wrote out all these questions and I think like the most exciting part about this is I know you and I have some idea of all this, but you know, I've pieced together a lot of things. I don't know the the timeline. So for me, this is really exciting because even though I know you very well, um, I don't really know your story. And yeah. I think, you know, for the most part, people that know you know you probably in the same way that I do, which is you're very honest about how you are in your day to day. You're very brutally raw in your posts on Instagram, your posts on Facebook and, uh, and in your blog. Uh, but it's almost like stitching together, uh, something that I, you know, it's for me, it's stitching it together and not really getting to, you know, know how this, this thing that mm-hmm. this thing, my friend, Laura, how she came <laughs> about. So I'll start by saying, you know, first, so Laura McCowan is the, she runs the blog, I Fly at Night, and it's www, did I say three? dot com, where she, she delivers a couple of different uh, blogs each week, and they're beautiful. I mean, I think anybody that's probably here in the beginning has, has been to your site and they're just, the way that you write makes me, makes me cry sometimes. It makes me, it makes me laugh. But for the most part, I think what you, what you really bring forth is just the brutally raw, beautiful picture of what it means to be a woman in this day and age, who is a mother, I think most importantly, who's a mother who has struggled with alcohol addiction and all of the other shit that women in this day and age struggle with that has nothing to do with addiction. And you capture the essence of what it is to go through those things just so painfully, beautifully and painfully, beautifully. Um, (laughs) It's true. It's, it's a, it's a real thing. Painful, beautiful, (laughs) painful, beautiful. It's just, you do, you know, you really do such a great, you have a way with words. You just have such a beautiful way with words. So, so Laura is the, she writes on the blog, iflyatnight.com. She also has the weekly, weekly feature. I, uh, Ask iFly, where she answers her readers' questions. Uh, she has the handle at iFly at night 
uh, underscore <laughs> yeah. on, um, on Instagram where she posts regularly, just kind of really also really, really beautiful musings and revelations and inspirations. And then also she is, she's a mother, she's a yoga instructor. She's in the middle of writing her memoir. And I think, did I catch everything? She's also yeah. been published on The Mid. She's been published in Exo Jane, in Elephant Journal. And she's, yeah, she's just, you know, when I see Laura, what I would say about you is that you're just, you're really, a, you know, a rising star in, a, you know, you, you are a writer. You're a, a very, very good writer. You're right up there with the best of them. And when I look at you, I just think you are going to do really beautiful, big, wonderful things. And you already are doing really big, beautiful, wonderful things in the recovery space. So I could go on and on and on. Um, I've never had a friend introduce me. That was, that was awesome. I know. Right. Um, yeah. Laura also eats ice cream for dinner most nights of the week and she runs, she runs eight miles at a time. Is there anything else? No. Um, (laughs) all right. So the questions that I have for you, um, are pretty linear because I'd like to piece together your story in, in that, in that fashion so that, I, I think so that we can kind of see you as, as, you know, on a trajectory. Okay. So does that feel right? Feels, feels right. Feels good. All right. So Laura, my first question to you is, um, when did you start drinking? Hmm. I started drinking, I started drinking when I was 15 ish, you know, around there. Um, I don't really remember my first drink. It wasn't like that, but I, um, you know, I grew up in a family where alcohol was around just as a matter of course of everyday living, you know, it's what, it's what, and it, not in excess necessarily, but it was just there. Um, and, and the first time I drank was around 15 and I didn't, you know, I didn't get it too into it at that time. Um, even really through high school up you know, up until the end because I played sports and I didn't like really the feeling of losing control. Um, and I, you know, it was really because I was playing sports and if you got caught drinking, you were done. So, so yeah, that's when I started. And then I guess, you know, the next thing I want to know is just kind of, do you remember, cause I think this is important for me. Mm-hmm. And I think this might be really important for someone that's listening to this. Do you remember the first time that you were concerned about your drinking or you thought maybe this isn't normal? And I don't mean like, when did you know you had a problem? But I mean, just no, I know. First, like, when did it feel weird and scary? Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. And I know exactly um, when it was. And I've written about it. I was, um, it was my high school graduation party. Um, it, it was like the family party, you know, I had been graduated for a couple of months. It was the end of the summer party before I went off to college and my family owned a restaurant in, um, in Colorado where I grew up. And part of the, you know, of, of owning a restaurant, the entire family worked there. And part of it was, we drank a lot and, 
um, you know, the, the restaurant closes and the bar opens and, you know, it was all friends and family. And, um, you know, you got really, we got really close with everybody who worked there. And that was around the time that, you know, my family was okay with me drinking. Um, it wasn't, you know, it was like your, your, your cast forth as an adult now and, you know, it's okay if you do it. So, so we had a party. It was during the day. We, um, the bar was just kind of open to come and go as you wanted to. Um, I really struggled in my, at the end of high school, my senior year. Um, this, this, you'll understand why this is completely related, but my, um, my family, my mom started to have some trouble in her marriage. And I, at the same time, I was graduating from high school and I was a really, um, I was deeply, deeply concerned with what other people thought of me my whole life. And I remember I was in preparation for going on a senior trip, right? Uh, to Mazatlan, Mexico. And I had, in preparation for that, someone had made a comment about, you know, one of the girls that we're going to be in swimsuits. And, you know, I, my stomach dropped because I realized I'm going to be in a, in a swimsuit in front of all these guys that, you know, I've grown up with, but they've never seen me in a swimsuit. I, you know, I, I, uh, I was pretty shy that way. So we all started to go on a diet and I started to lose weight and I started to get a lot of attention. And then that spiraled into a pretty severe eating disorder. Um, I say pretty severe, I mean, really severe, you know, I, I, I restricted, I knew that the number of calories in a tube of toothpaste, uh, or, you know, a stick of gum, you know, it was bad. So, you know, flat, fast forward to high school graduation party. And I was, uh, I was in a lot of trouble in my mind and nobody knew about it. And I, um, was starting to get a lot of attention because I had lost so much weight, but it was also starting to concern people. And, you know, nobody knew what was going on with me. And I remember, um, at this party, I filled up, you know, and I drank a bunch of times before this, but I filled up my big tumbler full of Bacardi Limon and Diet Coke and I drank it. And then I probably had another one and then I had another one. And I remember standing there, I had, um, you know, these super cute little pants on and this black shirt and I was really buzzed. And I remember pouring this drink. I made it for myself, you know, chock full of Bacardi, a little bit of Diet Coke and thinking as I was feeling this buzz, if I can just stay like this, I'll be, I'll be all right. And at that same time thinking that's not right. <laughs> there's something, there's something scary about that. But, you know, I'll never forget that feeling. It was like, I can, I can handle all the things that I was afraid to handle that I didn't know how to do. I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know how to be. Um, I could say yes to things that I was too afraid to say yes to. I could be not shy. I could be social. I could be all the things that I wanted to be. And um, alcohol let me do that. And that, uh, you know, that's, I, I followed that 
that instinct um, from there from there on out. I resonate so much. I, I actually, I think I knew you had an eating disorder, um, but that whole story of you going into it um, just kind of gave me overall body chills. Um, yeah, I think we, we found, you know, a lot of people, a lot of women on this path, those two things are paired so frequently and it's... It's true. It's very it's, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my next question is in the same vein. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you think that you hit a bottom? Uh, No. I I have one instance that strikes me as the worst, um, the worst wake-up call that I had because it was public and it involved my daughter. Um, But I... I don't think I had a single bottom. You know, I, I had many, many, many bottoms, um, both before and after I stopped, I started trying to quit. I had many, um, and many horrifying, you know, shameful, just God awful experiences, uh, that I, stuffed down and, you know, didn't tell anybody about, and I'm still remembering to be honest, but, but the really, the really horrific things um, happened later on, you know, in the, in the last few years of drinking when it progressed um, to the point where I just really had no control anymore. Um, but now, there, you know, I can say I had a bottom because there was a turning point, but that turning point happened because the circumstances were public, you know, it was public. I, I put my daughter in danger and it was, um, in front of my family and they called me on it. So would that have been my bottom if nobody knew about it? Probably not. But so my next question was just, you know, what was the, the pivotal moment? And so I guess that was, I'm assuming that was your pivotal moment. Yeah, it was because it was because that, you know, people were going to be watching me after that. And I couldn't just people that I drank with a lot, like my family (laughs) and, um, you know, some of my close friends knew that I couldn't, you know, that I shouldn't be drinking anymore. So it, it forced me to start to explore something else. And it forced me, that was the first time I went to a, to an AA meeting was after that shortly after that. And you know, that's when, that's when it really started to turn. So when, from, when did you start going to AA? You know, today you're, you're close to 10 months sober. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my first AA meeting was in July of 2013. Um, And I didn't put together, you know, uh, I didn't put together uh, 30 days of sobriety until I, until I started to put together this stretch of time. I couldn't, I couldn't put together 30 days. I had many, you know, one week stretches, two week stretches, you know, three weeks even. Um, but I, I just couldn't keep it going. And, um, I went in and out of AA meetings. I, you know, I remember leaving my first AA meeting and it made, 
it um, and thinking there's just no way I can possibly do this, even though I felt some relief in there. I, I uh, you know, very different from your story, you know, which we are going to go into in the next in the next episode. But I I didn't so much make the decision um, in the way that you did. It I was wrestled into it by um, just sheer. I, I, there were no, there were no options left, you know. I I learned my way into it, way into it by just falling on my face uh, enough times. So, what was it that actually like? Why are you ten months sober today when before you couldn't string it together? Yeah, um, I think this is a really important thing, and it's probably one of the reasons, one of the big reasons why I'm doing this. You know, talking to you tonight because I when I went into the time between the time I went into my first meeting and the time that I started to be able to put together time, I was, I struggled so hard with, um, with getting there, getting to the point where I would be ready where the, you know, getting to the point. I, I think for me, I had a lot to lose, even though I had, my life was pretty shitty and my insides were absolutely demolished. I still had a lot to lose on the outside. You know, I had, um, a great job, you know, I have, uh, a big girl job and I, I have a lot of things on the outside. I have a beautiful daughter and, and all of that. But, you know, I started to realize that, there was nothing left for me in drinking. Like I knew what was going to happen to me if I kept drinking and I knew it was going to be really bad. I didn't know what was going to happen to me if I got sober. Um, and it was really that, that was the turning point. I, I knew what was, I knew what was going to happen if I kept going and I didn't know what was going to happen if I stopped I had glimpses because I had put together sober time and I wanted so badly to want it. I wanted so badly to just get it. You know, there were, there were so many people that I met in, in the rooms of AA and otherwise in recovery, you know, yourself included that it's, it just kind of stuck for them. And when I say just kind of stuck, that's not really fair because I, you know, a lot of people, get sober because out of a, out of very desperate circumstances. Um, you know, they call it the gift of desperation. I had the gift of desperation many times. And then I was very quickly, you know, unduly alarmed by my circumstances once the, uh, once the panic was over. And, you know, I, I think the turning point was just realizing that this was going to be more of a discovery for me than a decision. And I started to put together days and I started to, my life started to drastically change and my insides started to change. And I started to um, get the things in this journey that I wanted all along my entire life. Um, You know, one of my friends who's been sober for a long time now and sort of, (laughs) sort of called me on, um, on, you know, I'm going to save a seat for you many, many years ago. She, 
told me when I was, you know, I had, I called her a lot when I was in trouble after a really bad night. And I, and I called her once and she said, she said to me, and I'll never forget it. And it was definitely something, you know, that I keep it kept at the forefront, you know, all of the things, all the things that you wanted, all the seeking that you do, all of the things you read, all of the ways that you, you know, that you struggle, the, all the answers, all that you want is, is in here. It's on this side. And, um, and I started to, I started to, uh, to run for that, I guess. So, yeah, that's, you know, it's hard to say what the turning point is. I had a few people ask me that and there, there certainly wasn't one, but it was, it was more, uh, just an, an exhaustion, you know, I had exhausted the possibilities on, on the side, that side of the tracks. <laughs> yeah. So then what is it that keeps you from drinking today? Mm. Uh, yeah, that is a great question. Um, many things. Um, I have built a lot of very practical, um, spiritual tools that I, that I do every day. Um, I pray, I, you know, it sounds very cliche or trade or something, but I surrender it. You know, I say, this isn't mine. I have the power. I I have power of choice, but I, but I also surrender it. And I say, you know, help. Um, I get on my knees twice a day and I, I have built up the, a lot, you know, a lot of knowledge to understand that, to have a different relationship with my thoughts and my feelings so that I know when that, when I get the thought of needing to escape, it usually doesn't hit me to drink anymore, um, you know, or or to want to, but there's some space in between that need to escape and, and me now. And I've, you know, just through through doing it and, and experience, um, I know that it all passes. So, and honestly, the, the, maybe the biggest thing is that my life has gotten so much fucking better. Like on the outside, it's things are, there are some things that are better, some things that are no different. Uh, but my insides have just, I don't, they're just, everything is, is completely different. You know, I have a piece that I never, ever thought I would have. And, you know, and I also, um, the the thing that keeps me from, if I, you know, the times that I do think it's a good idea, I think about the fucking anxiety the next day. And that keeps me from, from considering it. You know, I, I can't imagine facing another day with that anxiety ever again. Um, so that, that stops me if it ever gets that far, which it it hasn't in in a while. Um, it, you know, I think of that and I can feel that like right now when I talk about it, I can feel that, um, right in my gut and in my throat. Um, you know, that, that shock of anxiety, um, having just fucking done it again. Uh, I don't ever want to do it again. So, but it's, for me, it's a daily thing, you know? And it, and I like it that way. I think that, uh, that's kind of how we, how we can do everything is just in the, in the next moment. I love that. And I love like the thing that I resonated the most with is when you were saying there's space there Mm. and I mean, there's, it's, it's, 
there's no more, there's no other words to say except that truly, like there's, there, there just somehow becomes this space that wasn't there before. Um, yeah. Okay. So I want to kind of switch out of the, the whole drinking story mm-hmm. and just ask you when you started writing on your blog, because I know it was before, it was long before. Yeah. Yeah. I had, yeah. I had, I had been like a very intermittent, you know, writer on, a, on I Fly at Night. I started it back when I, um, I was pregnant and I... I, I found the name, I thought of the name, it's, it's stupid, but I had always had trouble flying in my dreams, um, you know, where you can't, you can't get it. And then I, when I was pregnant, I was suddenly able to, to like fly in my dreams whenever I wanted. And so I named the blog, I fly at night and I, I, um, I started writing there, but it was very, you know, intermittent and sporadic. And I, I never really put together, um, a a consistent string of writing. And a lot of that is because, you know, I, I was very much, you know, I can see now from the very beginning, um, of even drink, you know, when I started to drink, I wasn't able to be honest with how I truly felt. And if you're going to write a blog, like what, what else are you going to write about? You know, you're, it's, it's about you. Um, I guess some people write about, you know, cooking and, and hobbies and stuff, but that I wanted to write about me and I couldn't write about me because I was holding a bottomless pit of lies. Um, so the stuff I wrote was very like, uh, it was just shitty and <laughs> kind of here, neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, I started writing and, you know, before there were blogs, I, I, I have stacks of dozens of journals I've written my whole life and I've always been very, you know, the words have been my thing, but I really started to write in earnest and consistently. Um, when I started this sobriety journey and, you know, it was actually a conversation that you and I had. Um, I remember now that I think about it, you're, you're a big part of this because I remember being in the San Francisco airport on, which is where you live. I was not there to see you. Um, I didn't even really know you at that time. We, we had each other's emails, but I read your blog and you were writing the things that I wanted. To, it was like what my future self would write, you know, if I was had been sober for a year or something. You were writing the way that I wanted to write. You were saying, you were talking about like your experiences. You were talking about guy you were dating. You know, you were talking about your life in a very honest way. And I thought, who is this girl? And I was like partially jealous and partially just excited that you were out there. Um, and I thought, I want to write like that. You know, I, I want to be able to, to not write like your style. I love your style, but I wanted to be able to write that, my story. And, um, and I couldn't yet because, you know, for, for a few reasons. I mean, I wasn't out about getting sober. I wasn't there yet. But I was also, you know, I'd been going through a separation um, and there were a lot of things that I was still processing with that, that I would have written about, but you know, I, you can't. And so I started to, but shortly thereafter, I started to write about stuff on Instagram and share like little snippets. And then I, I really started to write, um, 
at the end of 2013, you know, maybe beginning of 2014 about what was happening. And I said to you, you know, one time, I can't write about this until I'm out of it. Like who, who am I to do that? I can't, you know, think, feel like I have the right. And you said, you absolutely have to write about it when you're in it. Um, and, and I did, and I started doing it and, and that's where, that's when it really took off. And there was, you know, at some point I realized that I was saving my life by writing, you know, I, it's not, I can't overstate it. Um, I was, I, I needed to, to put that stuff out there and, and it helped every time I did, I felt a little bit of my self-release and, uh, you know, it's just kind of flowed since then. And it's been a massive part of my recovery. I think it's anybody's, you know, the, the thing that you find in AA or any, you know, we learn how to tell the truth, right? Um, right. Whether, whether it's to one person or, you know, thousands of people reading something, whatever, you learn how to tell the truth and and uh, I think that is, that's where the magic is. So yeah, that's when I started writing and, and, you know, since then I, I can't stop. <laughs> there are no hours in the day. So. So then when did you, when kind of, but also what was the impetus for, I know, I mean, even though you were writing the truth, you still didn't really put it in you didn't really attach yourself to it. You didn't really put it out there. I'm Laura McCowan and I write about my recovery from addiction and this is my story. Like what was the impetus for actually, it's not like you were, I mean, I kind of always wondered about this. Like you were, you weren't really hiding it. I mean, if anybody Googled you and linked from one thing to the next, they'd be able to attach to the story. But what was the impetus for you actually, and I remember when you did it, what was the impetus for you actually posting it on your Facebook page and really putting it out to your community? Yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I know that I know what it was because it was when you and I, you know, did, it decided to launch a little uh, Instagram account called I Choose Clean, right? And... I, I knew that it, it was for me, I wanted to be able to tell everybody. And for me, you know, and for many of us telling everybody in our lives means coming out on Facebook. (laughs) Um, and I, I remember having several conversations with you about it. And, you know, for me, it's like, I have a job. I, a lot of people that I'm, that I work with are on Facebook. A lot of, you know, people from all, areas of my life. Um, and I, I, I don't know what, if there was a single, you know, no, there wasn't a moment in time, but I remember thinking I'm, I need to jump off this cliff. Um, and I need to do it even though I, I don't know if I will ever drink, you know, I don't know if I'm going to drink again. I, I don't want to, I, I want this thing to stick, but I'm willing to throw myself out there and say, you know, this is what I'm doing and I'm willing to be this voice. And I'm, and I want to be out in the light about it because one of my biggest um, frustrations and aggravations was that, that, that there wasn't 
uh, you know, there weren't, there weren't voices out there. There aren't voices out there. And I, I can't understand why. Um, and I wanted there to be. So, so I did it. I, I posted about our Instagram accounts and then it just kind of, it just took off from there. Um, I got a lot of feedback, you know, in all directions after that about a lot of people that came to, and said, thank you. And, you know, um, I had no idea. I, you know, my God, and who knows what was said that I didn't hear, but I stopped, I stopped caring, um, about all of that. Um, Mm. (laughs) and you know, maybe that's the bigger piece of this story. And maybe that, maybe that's actually the answer. The short answer to your question is stopped giving a fuck. I stopped (laughs) giving a fuck. (laughs) It's so beautiful. Yeah. There is, there is really no better point of liberation in anyone's life than when you stop giving a fuck. fuck. Yep. (laughs) Fuck. God. Uh, (sighs) I I was, you know, I've always been jealous of people that (laughs) didn't seem to give a fuck. I know. And like, didn't try to be that way. They just kind of didn't. didn't, didn't. It didn't hit them. Other people's opinions didn't hit them the way that they hit me. I have always had a very visceral reaction to criticism and, you know, of any kind. And so for me to be doing this is, you know, is just, 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 just nuts, but it's, it's, the it's like exponential, not giving a fuck. I mean, you went from, right. Like, I mean, it's, it's almost like moving from one side of the spectrum to the far other side, you know, because your shit's out there, right? Like mm-hmm. your stuff is when you're in pain, your depression, your anxiety, your divorce, your, you know, police record, um, which is not bad. I mean, you've got a DUI and, but like still, I mean, it's out there. It's all out there for everyone to see. And that's yeah. like the, there's such freedom in that, but that's pretty, that's pretty decent. Not giving a fuck. Yeah. You know, what's funny though. I don't, like, yes, it is. And I, and I will, I will take own the, that. <laughs> I will, I will own that. I will own that. But I will also say, you know, one of the, I don't know why I did, you know, there is no real explanation for why I felt so and feel so compelled to do it because I don't want, I don't want the story about me turned like I don't I don't know I don't think of all the possible ramifications and maybe that's just you know maybe I'm just lucky because I'm not a warrior but I also feel like whatever they are whatever possible negative things that could come back from it it doesn't matter it doesn't even pay you know it's forever going to pale in comparison to the the stuff that does matter which is the people that have come to me since and said you know thank you you have saved me or have helped me understand someone that I love, um, through doing this. And, you know, honestly, I, I was just following like the, the heroes that I love (laughs) who are all writers. And I, you know, I talked about this in them since right now podcast, but they, all these women who have written memoirs that are just ballsy and, um, to have changed my life, like literally changed or saved my life, uh, wrote about their deepest, darkest insides, you know, and 
imagine we always talk about that. Imagine if they didn't imagine if Cheryl Strait said, no, I think I'm just going to not do the hike, the fucking Pacific crest trail and do, and then write about it. You know, she didn't know she was going to write about it, but what if she didn't do it? What if Elizabeth Gilbert didn't do it? What if Mary Carr didn't do it? What if Sylvia Plath didn't do it? What if, you know, on and on and on and on. My life would, you know, be, um, I don't know. Uh, those things have saved my life. And so yeah. I took a cue from that and said, whatever comes from this that I don't want, um, I'm willing to take. And I also, you know, one piece of it that I think is so, um, because it keeps me rooted every day is the, the Course in Miracles um, passage that says, what would you have me do? Where would you have me go? And what would you have me say? And to whom? Mm-hmm. And I have for the past, I, I write that down more days on a post-it note than not. And I stick it in my pocket because I don't know, this is, this is my story, but it's everybody's story too, you know? And I, I feel like I'm, I'm this girl right now doing this thing. And it's exactly what I, I feel like I should be doing. And that's right. So, so that's why I'm here. So what do you think the most surprising, what's been the most surprising thing for you? And you can take that as in, you know, sobriety. You can take that as in. Um, being a confessionalist blogger, um, but just on your path, like what's been the most surprising thing? Oh my, um, God, uh, um, God, I don't know. I, I would say just one. I know, you know, the list is just like, yeah, I know. Um, I, I think the most surprising thing is that I have discovered uh, that I, um, are the miracles that unfold like every day. And that's not, you know, like I'm not walking around on rainbows and it's not some fairy tale I'm living in. Like (laughs) shit's just real, but I have, I am finally able to see and feel that I'm supported by the universe, like the God, something much larger than myself. And I see it in, I see it in myself and I see it in the people around me in life. And it is like, it's like I have new eyes, you know, and new senses. And I um, am sure that these things were happening while I was unconscious and drinking, (laughs) yeah, but I couldn't see them. That's right. And so that's been the biggest surprise is just, I'm, I'm shocked every day by the just insane beauty of this big, uh, or master organism that we're living in and how, how perfect the system is. Um, Mm. it's, it's shocking. And that has get, you know, that, that gift is 
I think especially important for and, and profound is the lesson in, in this path because it is a balance of being like powerful, but having, but surrendering every day to what, what's, what's going to be, you know, I think like you and I have both survived and gotten where we've gotten in life because of our determination and willpower, you know, because of our, we can, if we're going to do something, we're going to fucking do it. And we've been able to make a lot happen that way. And I thought that that's how you did things. And, and this, this process has come to show me that not only is that you can do things that way, but there's such a better way, you know, and it's, it's a lot of letting go of things. So hmm. yeah, that's been the big one. I love it. There are thousands of things. So I didn't know, like, I smell differently. I can taste uh-huh. them. I see, I see stuff. I see colors. <laughs> never thought I saw food taste. Hot. I mean, there's all kinds of big and small things, but that's, that's one of the, the big ones. Yeah. It's a pretty big one. It's a big one. So Laura, where do you see yourself going with all of this? Oh. I mean, you're still a marketing executive. You are, um, you know, you're, you're writing a book, you have a, a very successful blog, you have a very strong voice in a very, um, I would say untapped field. Mm. What do you, where do you see, where do you see yourself going with all of this? Oh my God. I don't know, but I, 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 um, imagine it to look something like, well, I can tell you this, the the only thing that I've ever really wanted to do is write. (laughs) So I hope, I hope to continue doing that. And I, you know, I, I am writing a book right now and God willing that I will finish it one day and it won't be before we're all, um, dead, dead and (laughs) dead and in the dirt. But I just want to do more of that. You know, I, if I could say it, it looks like this or that, but I honestly have no idea. I want to, um, I want to continue to show up. I want to, um, continue to be a student and I want to, um, I want to write about it. And if you could say something to yourself the you a few years ago and the, you know, the you that you're doing this for, what is the one thing that you would say? Or not the one thing, what would you say? Because you know, I can't make it one. No, you can't. That's a big one. (laughs) Just one thing. I wrote, I wrote, um, the, the post I wrote about the girl in the, in the big red chair is exactly that. And, um, and I wouldn't be able to say it again like that, but, but basically what I would say is that, um, you're going to fall apart and that, and that is good. Um, this thing that you think is keeping you together is, is what's keeping you, you know, is what's killing you. And, um, and you're going to be okay. Like you're going to be better than okay. That, that it's just the beginning. You know, I, I wish I could tell that girl, Oh God, I'm getting like, <laughs> I, uh, I'm getting 
sad. It, it's, um, I wish I could hold that girl and um, just hold her hand. It's a terrifying, terrifying place to be when you're, when you're, you know, when I, I came to the end of my drinking, it was dark and it was sad and it was full of shame and lies. And I, I thought there was just really no way out. I, it, I certainly couldn't have imagined it. And I, and I really didn't, you know, I, I wasn't trying to be happy. I wasn't trying to be anything more than just free. Um, I wanted to like release the vice grip that, that it had on my heart and, and everything. And so I would just, I would tell that girl to hold on and, and to let go and to, uh, that she's going to be all right. That's beautiful. Also, also just like not drink, like you got to put it down. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the obvious thing, but it's, you know, I, I battled that for a long time. You know, we, we differ in that. I thought that there would be like some soft way, like some middle way. And, you know, it really did start when I stopped, when I put it down. So I wouldn't have tried I don't think I could have got where I got any faster, but I, I probably would tell her that, you know? Yeah. Put it down now. Like it's not getting any better. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to say or add to this before I sign us off? I don't think so, love. This has been fun. It's been good. It's hard. It's so, it's so hard to tell your own story, you know? Um, Except you do. (laughs) No, but it's hard to tell like your light, your, you know, it's hard to tell a span of 30 years. Um, It is. um, And I, I, I do figure out what my story is as I'm writing it. I don't say it so well. Um, but no, this is beautifully. I thought you, you really said everything that I wanted to hear and you, you know, pieced together, you stitched it together for me in a really beautiful way. Good. Good. So Um, my name is Holly Whitaker and I have been interviewing the lovely and powerful and badass and vulnerable and raw and real Laura McCowan, who is a blogger and runs the blog. I fly at night. Uh, She is working on her memoir. You can find her on Instagram at I fly at night underscore, or you can find her on her blog at www.iflyatnight.com. And also she is has a wonderful new feature where she answers readers' questions uh, in a weekly post. And so you can find out more about that by going to her page and looking for Ask iFly. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Thanks, Laura. You're amazing. And I am truly blessed by the work that you're doing. And you, you know, you, you keep me moving along. You keep me straight you keep me on my path and you inspire me so much so I just I know that many people here today are going to feel the same way that I do which is just um honored to be able to witness your journey and to read your words and to you know as all those that have come before us uh you know the greats like you were mentioning earlier um to reap the benefits of your honesty so 
Thank you. Thank you, babe. It goes both ways. Hmm. All right, my love. Good night. All right. Good night. That was great. Yeah.